This week, we're going to wrap this up uh, by talking about him being uh, the person who gives us his gifts. And I want to talk about the spiritual gifts this week. Now, I know that term spiritual gifts kind of brings this big, broad stroke, and we could probably do 10 or 12 weeks just on the spiritual gifts. Um, but I want to try and capsulize it because we'll get to a big series on that, maybe in our small groups or something like that, where we really go in-depth and talk about each one of them. But we're going to talk about it today is that he has gifts that are so much more potent than the gifts that we have. Now, how many of you know that we can pray and our faith will reach out and activate the power of God? Amen? Now, I, I've seen it happen. You've probably seen it happen. You've probably prayed and asked God for help in something and seen that happen. But then you hear these stories that are almost like the long bomb Hail Mary type of thing. You know what I mean? Where we're all kind of like up the middle, grinding it out with our faith, just praying, oh, God, help us. And, and it's happening, and we're seeing it. But then you hear about these almost like miraculous, miracle-type things. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know, oh, they prayed and an arm grew out. Or, you know, oh, they prayed and instantly $10,000 was given to them to, to pay off this debt. Or, you know, what, I mean, you just hear about these just, it really is like a Hail Mary pass. And usually when those happen, this is a spiritual gift manifesting. You know, I, I used to uh, hear... Um, message or uh, uh, testimonies when I grew up this this little Pentecostal church in Kentucky I'd hear people about seeing visions and things like that and I'd be like wow they're so spiritual I wish I had a walk with God like that because I would love to see angels and I would love to have a conversation with Jesus and the first time I read one of Brother Hagin's books uh, one of my mentors I I, I read his book uh, I believe in visions and I was just so jealous because I was just like wow you talk to Jesus Wow! I mean, like in the flesh? That's so cool. These are all spiritual gifts manifesting, and these gifts all eclipse our gifts. Where our gifts ends, his gifts go on and have no limit to them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1, it says this, and we're, looking at, we're reading out of the New Living Translation. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant... You know that you were Gentiles carried away to those dumb idols, however, uh, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are difference of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is giving the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, I want to say this as we get, get really kind of starting on this today. Um, the Lord can, can make these gifts manifest on anybody that's born again. In fact, we can take it a step further. If he chose to, he can use 
whoever or whatever, whenever he feels like it. How many of you know this story of Balaam? <laughs> now, I used to hear guys say this all the time. If a God can use a donkey, there's hope for you, Brent. <laughs> I've heard people say that to me. Let's just go over and look at that real quick. Numbers chapter 22, verse number 22. Uh, let's start in verse 21. So the next morning, Balaam got up and saddled his donkey and started off with the, with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord. Now, let's just stop right there. Now, I just read to you in 1 Corinthians a whole list of spiritual gifts. Now, again, if I had the time, I'd go in and talk about each one of them. You know, uh, the, the word of wisdom is this, and word of knowledge is that, and, 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 and this and that and the other. But this right here, what this donkey is experiencing is actually the discerning of spirits. He's actually seeing into the spirit realm. Now, I, I, that's kind of crazy to think that God opened the eyes of a donkey to see angels. Now, that's a little bit, you know, that's, a little, that's something you don't hear about every day. That's something you don't experience every day. And, and if you get to talking about this stuff, you can get off and flaky and weird real fast. But this is a legitimate gift that God does cause to happen. And he used a donkey here to do it. So the donkey is seeing in the spirit and seeing the angel of the Lord. All right, and we read, we read, read on here. But Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between the two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved further down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it laid down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the, donkey, uh, beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. So now, if you read this, and we're talking about how uh, spiritual gifts happening, and what, what happened here? He now starts functioning in the word of wisdom. He's getting ready to tell, tell Balaam something. He's getting ready to tell him something that he needs to know. <laughs> Listen, you need to use some wisdom here, my man. There's an angel getting ready to part your hair with a sword. Now, this is a donkey talking. A donkey. Now, it, to me... If you talk about the spiritual gifts manifesting, to me, this is the ultimate Hail Mary pass right here. This is, the, I mean, I don't know that there could be any of a more unusual miracle at the hands of God than an animal standing up and seeing in the spirit. Axe heads that floated, parting of the Red Sea, Peter's shadow healing. I mean, we could go on and on listing all kinds of miracles. Walking on water. All those are amazing but to me, this one is just like, how do you beat it, an animal talking to you? And not just saying, how's it going? Can I have my oat bag now? I mean, we're not talking about just trivial talk. He's speaking about the things of God. This is what the spiritual, the spiritual gifts can manifest 
however the Lord sees fit. How, whoever he wants to use them through, however, whenever, wherever. So it doesn't really matter that if you're saved or you're not. If you're born again or you're not, or even if you're human or not. In fact, the Bible does tell us that if we don't worship God, what's going to happen? The rocks and the stones are going to cry out. What, what are we talking about here? That the Lord can use anybody with these gifts that we're talking about anytime he, anything anytime he wants. All right? But I can say this. Those of us who are saved, born again, and spirit-filled are more sensitive to those things manifesting, to the gifts being used in our lives. Now, how many of you know, just because God wants to do it, how many of you know there's a whole lot of stuff that he wants to do that he hasn't been able to do yet? I mean, we, 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 we live on a planet right now with about 7 billion people. I, read a, I, got, I heard an interesting fact this week, and I shared it in the email that I sent out to everybody yesterday, that, that Facebook has over 1 billion users. And if it was a country, it would be the third most populated country in the world. Between United States and India, with China being first, Facebook would be the third most populated country. All right. Now, if we live in a planet with 7 billion people, and in the, in the United States, you know, we got about 250 million people, all right? Only about 55 to 60 million people consider themselves to be born again here in America. Now, I'm sure that that, you know, is probably diluted down whenever we go elsewhere in the country. So how many of you know God could, anytime he wanted to, make all the rocks and the trees and the, and the donkeys and... and whatever, stand up and start talking about him. But how many of you know that's not happening? Which means this. He's probably saying and leading a whole lot more, but a lot of us just aren't listening. I believe that God wants to use the spiritual gifts to get more people's attention about him, but we have so many people that just aren't sensitive enough to it. This is why being filled with the Holy Spirit is so important. It makes us more sensitive. I mean, I, I, how many of you would admit it to being in church? You've been in church sometime, and, and, and you just know you got something from God. You just got it. It's just there, and you're just waiting on the pastor to go, anybody got something? And before he can say, got something out of his mouth, it's like, anybody got? And you're just like, hand is up. I got it right here. It's me. I mean, we, go, we have prayer every Tuesday night, and every time I say, does anybody have anything, Janet almost is getting embarrassed about it. She goes, well, there ain't no reason to be embarrassed. Tuesday nights are safe night. This is where you, if you got something and it's weird, I'll tell you. I just like, nope, nope, you missed it. Just stop talking. That's where we're learning. <laughs> okay? Now, there, the Lord is wanting us to be sensitive that way. But you know what? When we, we go out in the, into the... That world, our real life, we go to our job, we go to our school, we go to family reunions or whatever, we turn that sensitivity down. And the sad part about it is, is the answers that your family needs, the, come on somebody, the answers that your work needs, uh, your, your employees that you have that you work with, your friends, all those, the answers that they're searching for, the answers that they need, you're carrying them around with you. 
And you need to keep your sensitivity level cranked all the way up. Because what would happen if your cousin started talking to you about something that is going through your life and God just dropped in you one word to say to them and you said it and it changed their life forever? I remember one time uh, I, was, I was doing a premarital counseling thing while I was at Rama, And uh, they were talking about some issues. And, you know, you know when you talk about premarital counseling and... For those of you who aren't married, I'm sorry, I, I'm just going to go here. You know, you, you talk about intimacy, <laughs> you talk about, you know, arguing, and you talk about, you know, conflict resolution, and you talk about all these things, and they, we got to the part where we were talking about intimacy, sex, for those of you who don't use big words, all right, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so we're there, and we're talking about it, and it's, it's one of those times where you could just sense she was uncomfortable and he was mad, and I'm like, y'all, you're not even married yet. This surely can't be a hot-button issue already. And we get to talking about it, and, and she's really uncomfortable, and he's just getting madder and madder. And she's getting more uncomfortable, and he's getting madder and madder. And I just said, all right, let's just stop for a minute. Let's just stop, and let's just, let's just take a minute and just regroup, and let's just, you go get a glass of water, and, and you go to the restroom, and, and let's just calm down for a minute, and let's just regroup here. So when they walk out, and, and he, he goes to the bathroom, she goes to the water fountain, and I'm sitting in my office, and I'm going, God, what's going on here? What's going on here? What's going on here? Why is this, why is this so, such a hot-button issue? You know, and, and, and I'm not asking God to tell me any of their business or nothing. And God just says, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Just you did the right thing. Let them, let them calm down. So they come back in, and they sit down, and I start talking, and just, just like that. The conversation takes a turn, and we start talking about pornography. And now the roles flip. He gets uncomfortable, and she starts getting mad. He starts getting more uncomfortable, and she starts getting madder. And the more uncomfortable he's getting, the madder she's getting. And I'm seeing a role reversal happen here. And what happened? Just like that, God dropped a word in my spirit about pornography that affected them. And if I hadn't been sensitive to that, I probably would have never mentioned it. These are good Christian people that go to church, and, 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 and I knew them, had them in class. They were students of mine. And suddenly, there's, there's something going on here, and God gave me a word of knowledge of what it was. He told me, he was like, it's this. And sure enough, we were able to address it. By the end of the meeting, he's crying, she's crying, he's apologizing, she's apologizing. And to this day, you know, it's eight, eight, eight years ago now. 2013. So yeah, eight years ago. Eight years ago now. Everything's great. Everything's get good. They got kids, you know, involved in the church. He's ushering. She's on the worship team. I mean, it's just one of those. I mean, it's a great thing. Now, if I hadn't been sensitive to that, I would have just been confused. Why are we getting all, all upset and all torn up about something that we really should be preparing for it to happen, not acting like it's already happening? Well, what was going on is, is he was looking at pornography, and she knew about it, and it just kept, it was a, a real sore spot, and he, and he couldn't talk to her about it, and she couldn't talk to him about it, and all they wanted to do was blame each other. And so, because of my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit could have dropped that on anybody at any time. They could have been walking down the, 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 the aisle at Walmart, and somebody could have had, somebody could have just said something in passing, not even knowing why they said it. But how many of you know God might have been yelling at that at somebody the whole time? going, hey, it's this. Hey, it's this. And people just aren't sensitive enough to hear it. Or 
sensitive enough to be used that way. This is what being filled with the Spirit does. Now, all of the gifts of the, of the, of the Spirit manifested in the Old Testament. Every single one of them, except for the gifts of tongues and interpretation. Now, I said last week, I said last week that when you start talking about tongues, people get nervous because they think you're one of those churches, you know. Like, next time they show up, we're going to have a, a box of snakes in it, and you're going to walk in, and here you go. Here's your snake. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great service. <laughs> Listen, the gift of tongues is not something we should be afraid of. This is, the, this is the spiritual gift that is for the church. Now, in this, in this part of history, this is the gift that is specifically for us. Why? Because it didn't, it didn't happen. You, you don't ever read where Moses or Abraham or David or any, Daniel, any of the Old Testament heroes, none of them got to speak in tongues. But we do. <laughs> that's something that we, that's a spiritual gift that we get to enjoy. All right? We have our own gifts, like we discussed before. We were created with those before God did anything else in us. We were created with those gifts. He put them there, all right? But the Holy Spirit's gifts will trump our gifts all day long. And, and even though we should maximize our gifts, and we should be leaning on our gifts, and we should be doing everything, you know, making our gifts as good as they could be. If you could sing, you ought to be trying to sing better tomorrow than you did today. If you play an instrument, you ought to be playing. But if you got a job, you should be learning more about your job and getting better at your job today than you were yesterday. We should be doing everything that we can do to maximize our gifts. But at the end of the day, we don't trust in our gifts. We've made them as good as they can be. But at the end of the day, I'm trusting in the spiritual gifts. We can get greater results the more our gifts are developed, but God gifts are perfect. And they'll always do more to cause what God wants to happen. Now, if God can use these gifts at any time that he wants, what would be the point of us being filled with the Holy Spirit then? I mean, what's the point, Brent? If God can do it whenever he wants, to whoever he wants, through whoever he wants, however he wants... What's the point then? Why do I need to be filled with the Spirit if He can just shake me and make me do it, you know, whenever I want? Or, or what? Okay. The question that we have to keep asking ourselves is: Is God having everything happen that He wants to happen? First Timothy chapter two, verse number three says this: This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity the man Jesus Christ. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. If God wants more to happen, why isn't it happening? Well, I think it's because the body of Christ refuses to be sensitive to the gifts of the Spirit being used in their lives. We reserve those for our heroes the people that we see on TV, the people whose services we go to, the people that we think are worthy of being used of God. You know what I'm talking about? It's almost like we look at, you know, and, and I'm not talking about me, but I'm just saying we look at pastors and we think, well, they're the ones that are supposed to be used that way. We look at preachers and we think they're the ones that are supposed to be that, used that way. We look at the Pope. I don't know what your background is. The Pope and people, I mean, you talk to some Catholic people and they'll tell you that the Pope is like, just the fourth member of the Godhead. I mean, it was like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the Pope. 
I mean, and, and, and he's the only one that can be used this way. Or, or the, you know, you're the priest at the parish or whatever. We look at that. And listen, you can be used that way. The body of Christ is the body of Christ. And we can all be used to be a, a container of the spiritual gift. All right? There are cases where God uses anything, but those instances are rare. We must be sensitive to him manifesting his gifts, and our sensitivity dramatically increases through us being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if I pull up this, this little, I mean, we, we've been trying to, to we, that's why we got toys everywhere, because all these are battery-powered. But uh, this is, um, my aunt bought this for Preston when he was a baby. And of course, I immediately think, yes, sports. My boy's going to be a major league baseball player, or a football player, or basketball player. He's going to make millions and take care of mom and dad so we can, you know, live in a shack-style house up in Windermere and all that kind of stuff. All right? But as soon as I saw this, that was immediately where my mind went. Now, this thing takes batteries, and, 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 and I don't think there's any in it right now. Oh, there is. Okay, great. Um, and it's supposed to kind of get little kids used to playing sports. It used to have balls that go in and drop back down here, and a little bat that you could knock this thing around, and, you know, this is a little football goal over here. And, and I, I immediately put the ball in Preston's hand when we opened this thing because I wanted him to be familiar with this. Now, let me just say this. I don't believe in like making your kids do stuff. Okay. So it's not, I mean, Preston now is, he's probably not going to be athletic. I mean, he, he is, he's like athletic. Like he, he likes to play and run and he'll play basketball and stuff at the, at the school, but he doesn't walk around with a ball under his arm all the time. And like, like he doesn't have it on the brain. Okay. So, but now you get him talking about bugs and lizards and frogs and and science stuff, I mean, he wants to be turtle man, you know, he wants to go out and catch wild animals and stuff like that, all right, that's, that's Preston, so I didn't make him do this, but I wanted him to be familiar with this, so we put the ball in his hand and shoot it, we got a little goal on our, on our door at our house where he sits and shoots on it, why, because if I can get him familiar with it, if he does have an interest that's given by God in there, he'll just automatically just kind of take to it, all right, this is the way we want Listen, they used to say Larry Bird used to shoot 500 shots every night before he went to bed, regardless if it was in season or out of season. If he was playing and why he was in playing age, he'd go out back of his house in French Lick, Indiana. And you can Google his house and see his basketball court on the backside of his property. Winter, spring, summer, fall, it didn't matter. If he was home and wasn't in Boston playing, he was out shooting 500 shots. Why? He was getting familiar with what he was supposed to do. All right, that's what this little, this little toy was for Preston. It was to get him familiar with something. And this is what you're supposed to do. You should be always living in a case of being familiar with being used by the Holy Spirit. Even if, if you never have a word of knowledge happen, at least you're sensitive to know if the Lord wanted to tell you, you'd, you'd, you'd be willing to listen. If the Lord wanted to use you that way, you'd be like, okay. But that, that and I'm going to go off script for a minute, okay? Listen, that, that means that we have to kind of change our self-image. Because sometimes we, we think that we can't be used a certain way because we're not worthy and we're not educated and we didn't go to Bible school and we don't read the Bible that much and, and we don't, we, we, we're not able to be, listen, 
If you are a vessel that they were singing about, the same power that, that conquered the grave lives in you. If that's you, you, come on, can be used by that same power. I mean, if you're good enough, to, if you're good enough that Jesus can say, I can come and live in you, and I said it a few weeks ago, if you can look at yourself as God's dream house where he always wanted to live, and that's all of humanity, then if you can be a vessel that he can live in, you can be a vessel that he can use. You just got to get familiar with that. All right? People who live in the same environment are more sensitive to the people around them's needs. Married people, very sensitive to, to their, their spouse. Siblings. How many of you grew up with siblings? So glad to have Janet's sister and her husband visiting with us this week. Uh, I can imagine the stories, just because I, I know Janet. And when you were at the house last Monday, I was like, wow. I can imagine the stories that they would tell. I mean, they would just be phenomenal, and we'd probably all lay on the floor with stitches in our side. All right? Very sensitive, though, to each other's needs when you have siblings. All right? If you have roommates, those of you who went to college and have a roommate, when you live with somebody, you can know something's wrong without them saying anything. You can know something's right without them saying anything. You can know something's up just by the, when you walk in the room and the atmosphere in the room feels different. See, this is why when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we have him dwelling on the inside, we understand and we know just because something feels different. We're sensitive to it. Amen? So many people are looking for God to always do the big deal but they aren't willing to turn up their sensitive sensitivity. The big deal will happen more often the more sensitive we become to him leading that way. Amen? Now, as we close today, I want to say this. Those of you who have been filled with the Spirit and are filled with the Spirit, this isn't a one-time deal. This isn't a one-shot thing. Some people think that when they get filled with the Spirit, that's it. I'm filled. I'm going. I'm done. I'm good. Now God can just do whatever. It is a, it is a lifestyle of being filled. And in order for us to be sensitive, we have to live filled. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, and I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess but be filled with the Spirit. There's a, a play on that word, be filled. Okay? That, that actually, the, the correct, proper translation of that would say, don't be drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be in a constant state of filling of the Holy Spirit. Or literally, it's be being filled. <laughs> it's, it's literally a constant state of being filled. This is where the sensitivity gets turned up because if I get filled today and I get filled tomorrow and I get filled Monday and I get filled Tuesday and I keep getting filled every day. See, in Acts chapter 2 they got filled, then they got filled again in Acts chapter 4. And we don't have time to go there, but it's in your notes. You can go look at it. Acts chapter 4, it happened again. If we live in a state of being filled, and we get filled again tomorrow, and we get filled again tomorrow, and we get filled again the next day, and the next day. Our sensitivity will get, will get to the point where we're just so familiar 
with him being around us and being in us and working through us that when he drops a word in us to go say to somebody that we can help, it's not like, oh God, why would I say that? We recognize the voice that's talking to us. We know it's him. You know, if I go say something to Jody, there's hardly any time that I will ever go say something and we'll talk about something that we're just both completely unfamiliar with. If I start talking to her, in fact, this is something that is kind of one of the things that we, we get on each other's nerve about. Because we'll almost finish each other's sentences and cut each other off because we know where we're going. She does it to me, I do it to her, and we both just go, oh, let me finish. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This is the way the Holy Spirit is. He, if you're familiar, if you get that full of him, and you're living in that state of being that full of him all the time, he'll, just, uh, he'll start a sentence and you'll finish it. You, you, he'll start leading and you're already walking. He'll start to, he'll start to it, lead you a certain way and, and you're, you're finishing it out before he, he's, he even gets it out of his mouth. Because we're familiar and we're sensitive to the gifts being used in us. Amen? Heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm done.